This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. I want to thank the FBI, Justice Department prosecutors, and our colleagues at the Department of Defense for their diligent work on this case. This investigation is ongoing. We will share more information at the appropriate time. Thanks, everyone. Did he have lawful access to these documents, sir? A relatively short statement there from the Attorney General once again confirming what we have been reporting, and that is the arrest of 21-year-old Jack Teixeira. He is an employee of the 102nd Intelligence Wing, the Massachusetts Air Force National Guard. He will appear before a court there first in Massachusetts. Uh, and again, no questions uh, were asked. Uh, he left after that statement. I want to go back to our panel. And uh, I'm sorry that we keep interrupting you, David, but obviously this is a breaking news development. If you can go back to the point you were making earlier. Yeah, we're, we're starting to get some reporting about the potential motivations here. And we're hearing things like that this suspect was heavy into gun culture. He may have had some views against the U.S. government. There were racist and misogynist things being said on this server. And those are potential motivations. But when you look at the motivations for someone to spy or to do things like release classified documents, they almost always fall into one or more of four categories. And the acronym MICE actually helps you remember it. M is for money. They're selling the secrets to get money. I is ideology. They have some kind of anti-government ideology, and that may be the case here. C is compromise or coercion, and E is ego. Now, in this case, the reporting we've seen so far really points to the latter of those, that this person appeared to want to impress these men and boys on this private server and was upset when they weren't as excited about seeing the classified information as he thought. That's not the kind of motivation we often see in these investigations, but focusing on that is what the investigators are really going to be doing now to figure out what drove this person to use his privileged access to actually release this classified information into the wild. Are you concerned about okay, the leak? Okay, guys, it's time to go. Let's well, go. Cool, we got to move. I'm not concerned about the leak. I'm concerned that it happened. But there's nothing contemporaneous that I'm aware of that is of big consequence. Okay, uh, you're in the war room. Wednesday, 13 April, year of alert, 2023. All things intelligence, we obviously lean on Jack Posobiec, a uh, naval intelligence officer. Jack, you got to help me out here, brother. You know, Biden's sitting there going, nothing, nothing to worry about. The content of this is explosive, and we're going to talk about that. Also, your special on human events daily tonight. We've got Ben Harnwell here. We have Dr. Bradley Thayer. We've got Rebecca Koffler. We have Joe Allen. We're all wall-to-wall. 
on intel, geopolitics, war fighting, the Third World War, economics, all of it. Jack Posobiec, please help me out. This is uh, top secret, and it's got the other classifications of even more limited than top secret access to these slides. This is a Grundoon in the Massachusetts Air National Guard. It's not the Air Force. It's the Massachusetts Air National Guard, a Grundoon, a 21-year-old Grundoon. You expect me to believe that somebody in the Massachusetts Air National Guard at some Air National Guard base in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts had access to this information, sir? Well, Steve, 100 percent. The Joint Staff Brief, as we talked about a week ago on this program, where we were the first way before The New York Times, way before CNN, anybody else that told the truth about United States special operators being on the ground in Ukraine. War Room was number one on Good Friday morning. And I'm here to tell you, and as I said on that same day, that the Joint Staff Briefing is one of the most widely read briefings within the intel community. Uh, if you have top secret access, if you've got JWIX access, you're definitely reading this brief on a daily basis. Uh, every intel analyst, it was required reading. When I ran the intel shop, when I ran an N2 shop, I would always tell people two things to read every morning. It's the joint staff brief and CIA wire, at least check in with them. So access to it, absolutely. But I think what you're really seeing here is that the entire military industrial complex is losing it, that they're, all of their lies about the Ukraine war were completely exposed by a 21-year-old kid. Look how fast they went after this guy versus the Dobbs leak, which took place a year ago. It's been a year with nothing. And the entire media wants you to focus on this kid and the leak, and they're calling him anti-American. They're saying all these things. But what did he do, Steve? He told the truth. His biggest crime, his biggest crime was exposing the truth about the Ukraine war that nobody else in the government was willing to do. Now, I'm not saying he did it the right way. I'm not saying he followed the right channels. I get all that. But I am not going to follow the shiny object and go chasing this ball that the media and the government want me to chase because I know that this guy brought forward the receipts and he brought forward the truth. I, I want to go specifically to the content because Biden just kind of blows it off. You've got the air defenses, and I want you to come in. You got the air defenses. You had the air defenses shot. You've got the ammunition backlog. That anything we're shipping there, we're like 13 years behind in production. Nothing's going to Taiwan. You've got the casualty rates of 70,000 Ukraine dead versus 16,000 Russians. You've got the spring offensive being a joke, and they know it's a joke, although they're pushing in the media. And then you've got the bombshell, bombshells. Zelensky and the people around him already are open to the fact if the first. Uh, long-range missile you send, they're launching it right into Russia, and they've said they're going to do it. This is, give me more context here. And Steve, the, triumphalist the fact that they're spying narrative on to, call it, that, 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 to get that. <laughs> to get the information. That's the point. Put it in context. You're an intel officer. How explosive is, is what has been uh, revealed on Ukraine in our current uh, uh, situation there, sir? Steve, look at the theater. There's a reason that they're putting on the show for us right now. This daytime perp walk, uh, the press briefing that's being done by the attorney general. The media is talking about it day in, day out. The Washington Post and the New York Times with their 
investigative pieces. By the way, those pieces by the New York Times and the Washington Post were completely leaked by the national security community to them. This wasn't some, oh, we found it on our own through our investigative work. I said, no, no, you were handed that on a silver platter and you're, still, you're telling us a song and dance about, oh, we, you know, we used uh, highly sophisticated journalism techniques to discover this Discord server and get the guys. To, no, no, here's what happened, Steve. I'll tell you exactly what happened. The, the NSA went in and sucked up every piece of Discord that they had to to find out where this thing came from. They went everybody, they went to every single member of the Discord that was inside the United States or within within their reach. And I get, and you know what happened? People got knocks on their doors and they said, you're going to get a call from the New York Times and the Washington Post, and here's what you're going to say. And they handed him a script. And they've got this thing up with the guys in, in silhouette and all this. Well, this guy wasn't a whistleblower. This guy wasn't doing the right thing. This guy was, a, cut me a break. Cut me a break. We, you guys are in total CYA mode. That's why you're getting the theatrics. That's why it's total hide the football because they don't want you talking about the fact that it has now been exposed that not only have they been lying to us about the Ukraine war, that it turns out the joint staff, which uh, last I checked, Steve, the head of which is chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, they've been lying to us. They've been getting briefings. This is a daily brief. This is the brief they get every day. Every day, Millie knows the truth. He goes out there. He lies about it. Jack Kirby goes out and lies to, about it to all of us. And now we know that they've been doing it deliberately the entire time. Jack, made me feel better here. The, you got Julian Assange. You have Snowden. You have all these things. This has been up. Has it been up since January on 4chan and Discord and then Telegram? This has been, was it months before they even understood that this stuff was coming out? How did that happen? How did... How did we have highly classified material that uh, that came up on these different chat rooms, et cetera, for looks like months before anybody in authority knew that the stuff was missing or stuff was being viewed outside of people that were uh, that had the classification clearances to review it, sir? Well, Steve, I mean, it's it's like anything else, right? If if people are being shared at these in these private chat rooms, these private servers, which, by the way, and I'm just going to say something right now, word of caution to anyone in the audience, that if somebody comes up to you in a private chat room and says, hey, buddy, do you want to look at do you want to look at some classified documents? You want to come, you know, come right out of the skiff and take a look at the PDB downloaded from JWIX, take a look at the joint staff brief, et cetera, et cetera. I try not go to, to throw out too many acronyms when I'm on War Room here, but, you know, for the audience to, to look up all that stuff, these are all the various different intelligence products that you would read on a daily basis as an Intel officer. This uh, Intellipedia was part of it. That's kind of like the Wikipedia of the Intel community. So at first, this guy's just sharing. So we're told, right, the story we're told is that he was sharing them out to people in this private server that they, he at one point, he was copying documents and putting the information in. Then he moved to printing out documents, taking them home, taking pictures of the documents when he then got home and then uploading them, I, I presume, from, from his phone um, or some other device to this server. So the military would have no way to, to be able to track that if nobody was talking from inside the server or if they were subpoenaing Discord. The only way that they'd be able to do it is if you turned the full force of the NSA on this thing, which obviously they did here. Uh, Jack, hang on for a second. We got a lot more to go through this, plus China, plus Ukraine, all of it. I want to bring in Ben Harnwell. Ben, we've got a couple of reports I want you to get into. One of them is that Breitbart's reporting that uh, Politico. Am I hearing this right? That the the true, uh, what what Macron really said that's worse 
than what was reported that that Politico cratered to uh, to uh, the CCP in, in Macron's office and taking it down. Walk me through that first, because what Macron said, he basically said, hey, the United States is on its own. It's on its own uh, about dealing with Taiwan. It's on its own with uh, the CCP. It's on its own about its currency. You know, maybe we'll look at alternatives. Walk me through this. That's right, Steve. That is exactly what happened. Um, President Macron, the Lise Palace, the, the official residence of French president, put pressure uh, on Politico under the terms of agreeing to the interview that that, um, that uh, the French presidential team would have final approval on all of the quotes released um, in this interview. And in fact, one of the uh, one of the more incendiary, if I can term it like that, statements that President Macron made about uh, supporting Taiwan was actually cut from the published interview. Uh, for me, as far as I'm concerned, the story here isn't so much that Politico um, agreed to these terms. It's uh, According to the Breitbart article, they, they said that this is really just, um, they've dismissed this as, as a European convention. Um, it's not. I mean, even American newspapers will um, will concede uh, the right to have uh, quotes approved before publication. Actually, I think the real story is exactly this, that in order to appease China, um, uh, Politico, um, in this interview, uh, allowed the, Fred, the French president to remove the, these quotes about not allowing America to drag Europe, and specifically France, of course, into, um, into a kinetic war with China, uh, protect, to protect the territorial integrity of Taiwan. It's an astonishing story. Astonishing. Uh, Jack Basovic, let me get your take on that. You're going to hang with me for a few minutes. T- walk me through th- this. You, you got the one hand, the Ukraine leak, which shows you they know they're losing. We're pumping more resources than ever. The French and everybody are kind of taking a step back while we pour more, more money into it, where we really need an ally it's kind of, hey, fare thee well, devil, devil catch the hindmost, Jack Posovic. Steve, the Xi Jinping, and we're going to be doing an entire special tonight on Human Events Daily. It is part of our China File series, and we're calling it The Art of the Dragon. Because you see what Xi Jinping has done here. Using the one belt, one road construct, the dragon has spread its wings to envelop everything from the United States to Silicon Valley to Washington, D.C., to now, as we see with Macron, to Western Europe. And what's the last piece that they want? The last piece that Xi Jinping wants is Taiwan Island. And we know from Sun Tzu, Steve, we know from reading our Sun Tzu, and I guarantee you the Chinese military reads Sun Tzu, the supreme art of war, the supreme art of war is subduing your enemies without firing a single shot. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're running the table on us right now. President Trump called this out in his interview with Tucker. He said Macron's over there kowtowing in a complete show, a complete show of submission, absolute submission, saying we cannot be dependent on the U.S. dollar is exactly what Lula is saying after he landed in Shanghai and he gave the speech. We're going to go through all of Lula's speech at the Shanghai New Development Bank because what he's doing is a declaration of war, reading from the script that Xi Jinping handed him on the U.S. dollar. If you don't understand that the D-dollar is there, I know the War Room Posse understands this, but you must be, must be clear. 
that Taiwan Island and the de-dollarization of the world are happening simultaneously for a yeah. reason. They're doing it because it's not even about the military per se. It's about the money. Follow the money. What, what Jack's talking about, that's why you got to watch Human Events Daily, the, the new episode on the, uh, on the, on the Xi files, on the, on the China files. This is about the, the, the art of the dragon. Um, that bank, when Lula gets there and it does the thing, that development bank is what I call the BRICS bank. That is yeah. the Brazil, the BRICS. Russia, India, China, South Africa. That's the BRICS bank. I mean, he's sitting in front of it saying, this is going to be the new world order and we're going to run the deal. And now we got Brazil, your long-term ally. Uh, Monroe, doc- Monroe Doctrine, uh, uh, suck on this, right? Because we and got your way, here, another communist. And Brazil's not enough. They're going with Mexico, too. They're going with Mexico. They're coming right up to our fence. They're literally coming across our fence. Me- the fact that we are letting Mexico enter into this anti-American economic global alliance just shows the abject failures of Tony Blinken, Victoria Nuland, and everyone in the American foreign policy uh, blob that's, that have been operating for the last 30 years. This is what happens when you outsource your foreign policy and your diplomacy to idiots and neocons and neoliberals, these iconoclasts but, who have no idea how the but, world works. But but you just, okay, but you just named, you got to help me out here. You just named the guys that Newland and, and Blinken, they're one million percent focused on on a Ukraine. And I don't want to say it's because of Victoria Newland's uh, heritage and her family that comes through there and her great parents be like me, like uh, you focused on Poland and me focused on Ireland. It's not acceptable. They're maniacally focused on Ukraine and to the point that they will lie to you to the face about the reality. They got to spy on the Ukraine's find the story. They know the story as the, as the leak tells you and lie to you. Why are they so maniacally focused on Ukraine and are allowing a massive coalition, a legion of doom led by the Chinese Communist Party transnational criminals to, to run the tables on us, brother. Look, people need to understand that you put all your chips in this basket. These Atlanticists, these people who have, yes, it's true, they do have uh, these, these age-old grievances, these conflicts that go back hundreds of years, thousands of years in some cases. And when you put that ahead of the national good of the United States of America, you are going to fail and you're going to fail every time. Which, by the way, isn't even in the best interests of the people that are in Ukraine that are in the midst of this fighting, which is exactly what came out in these documents. They're the ones getting torn up. It's their cities, their children in the bombed out uh, shelters and basements. Those are the ones that are getting blown up over in search of this utopia that you're never going to create on Earth. Jack, when I read that, it it, it goes to that that meme that was supposed to be Cuba, that Biden and Blinken and Newland and this crowd are going to fight until the last Ukrainian stand. Right. The Ukrainians are in a charnel house. They're, they're being tossed in. Let me finish with Ben. I'm going to come right back to you. I want to get to Thayer about the, the, the operational thing. Ben, also the Financial Times, you got the, the leaks talk about Hungary. Hungary's sitting there going, hey, I'm not so sure the United States is really an ally. Plus, you got Macron more in the FT, where Macron's really, I mean, he's shown his true colors. He's traded us out, and you made the point that, hey, he really went there not just the head of France, he's really looking to take over and be president of the EU. Walk me through the other reporting from the Financial Times about both Hungary and France. Yeah, well, let's let's start with um, Hungary, because this is really, when I read this in, in the, um, 
in the papers. I had until the, until they, they they arrested this guy. I always had it in the back of my mind that somebody perhaps is is playing uh, the, the the American public here, and I just wasn't quite sure of who was doing it and to what extent. But here was a gem that I I saw, and now that that we we assume that that is absolutely true, the CIA. And this is according to, to, to the leaked papers. The CIA had indicated, um, it's not known how they did this, but they, they'd in, uh, they had intercepted a conversation that President Orban had had with a couple of his top advisors. And in that conversation, Orban indicated the United States as one of the three largest threats to his government in Hungary. He specifically uh, indicated the US embassy and said that it was actively attempting to subvert his administration. Now, we don't know who the other two threats are. But the only thing I will say, and here's how I'm going to link this to, to Macron here. The only thing I will say about this is it's not the United States that's perceived in continental Europe as being an, um, a threat to, to, to European member states' uh, sovereignty. It's the military, and let's be clear, it's the, it's the, it's the United States military-industrial complex. It's the whole thing, what, what Jack just called uh, the, the blob. That is what terrifies European leaders. Um, we know 10 years ago, you know, obviously no lessons have been learned. 10 years ago, the CIA was caught intercepting 10 Downing Street, uh, Angela Merkel, the, 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 German, the then German chancellor. They were all, all the European leaders were being intercepted by our supposed um, ally. Okay. I have said on a number of occasions, um, and I know it might sort of sound a little bit um, edgy, but I, I have said that, you, that Macron, right, is acting in, he's trying his best to act in France's uh, best interests. Because from the, from the perspective of Paris, sure, you can make the argument that Vladimir Putin is a threat to continental stability. But far more real from the French perspective, um, and, and, and these intercept, inter intercepted remarks here from Orman, I think, absolutely illustrate this far more threatening in a practical and realistic context to Paris, to Budapest, to London, is the idea that the American government is going to be actively undermining their, uh, their, uh, their, 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 their territorial, their political integrity. What? If I might just mention this, what actually the U.S. Embassy has been doing um, is that it's been funding a publicity campaign in Hungary to encourage the Hungarians to be more actively support uh, the, the American position with regards to the war. This goes directly against Viktor Orban's position on that, which is a ceasefire and peace negotiations is what's needed to end this war and that America's involvement is actively, you know, as you and Jack were just saying, is actively uh, keeping this war going to the detriment of the lives of innocent civilians, children, and what have you. And what America is doing is that it's, it's publishing, it's, it's participating in a propaganda campaign to, to flip the Hungarian uh, people into, into moving away from the position that Viktor Orban has, uh, I think, quite sanely, perfectly respectable position. I think it's the best position in continental Europe, his position. Um, and that's, that's the, you know, so that's exactly why he's saying that for, for, his, for his, as far as he's concerned, the United States is, the, is one of the three big threats to Hungary. Now, Macron hasn't been caught saying that, but you can see by his actions 
that he considers that he thinks the same thing, which is why he's working now to try to keep uh, France in with with China, uh, which is really part of this trade mission. It wasn't a political mission. That was just that's just political coverage. It was a trade mission. He went to Beijing. He took French investors with him. And I think that's why that's that's why Macron is doing this. It's not anti-American. It's not. Uh, some people think that the French are culturally anti-American. I think that's missing the point somewhat. Uh, obviously, the French are very protective of their language. What really concerns France, and France is historically the most uh, let's let, let's say uh, U.S. cautious member of of NATO. What France is trying to do is is, is exactly what Hungary is doing. And that is to protect its government from being undermined and subverted by the Vic- Victoria Newlands and her and her ilk uh, in, in Washington. Uh, Jack Posobiec, is it is it does this shock you as an intelligence officer that a, a, a senior guy that's beloved by a big part of the American electorate, Viktor Orban, would sit there and go, I've got the uh, I've got the CIA actively subverting my government? Look, Steve, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I'll tell you something right here to the war room audience. I will be traveling to Budapest, Hungary, and I will be speaking at CPAC Budapest with Viktor Orban, with Carrie Lake, with Gavin Wax, and all the other freedom fighters from around the world that are gathering there in a show of support for the freedom fighters of Hungary. We are going to make sure that these types of forces that are trying to take him out and trying to take out these freedom fighters do not succeed. I want to remind everyone, please, uh, please check out the Human Events yeah. Daily special tonight. See if I got a drop, but um, the, it's the China yeah. file. Part what time? What, ti- what 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 time is it going to be? What what time is it going to be, Jack? What time is it going to be? We're going to actually throw it up on uh, our war room too and do a live chat. What time? It'll be it'll be 10 p.m. Eastern. 10 p.m. Eastern. Okay, everybody will be on that. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be part of the uh, of the 5 May uh, CPAC. I'll be doing here from the war room, giving a a, a live uh, speech like I did in uh, in Mexico to support it. Jack Posobiec. Thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. We'll get all your social media objects going to bounce. Uh, ben Harnwell, how do people get to you? What's your social media, brother? Thanks so much, Steve. It's Getter, uh, my surname, at Harnwell. You can see the uh, probably on, on the strip at the bottom, Harnwell. Uh, and that's where I'm pushing out. There it goes. Uh, that's where I push out my news and analysis, Steve. Thanks so much. Ben. Ben, thank you very much. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. We got back. Uh, Dr. Bradley Thayer, an amazing piece today on the Washington Times about actually the critical path of when she's going to be ready to mount the invasion or the blockade of uh, Taiwan. We're going to go through the details. And Rebecca Koffler is going to join us up in New York. Rebecca's got an amazing piece about how she's using artificial intelligence to execute on his war plan. Remember, we're in the beginning stages of the Third World War. Also, I hopefully we're going to get Joe Allen here with some updates on artificial intelligence in war fighting. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in the war room in just a moment. Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath, and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never looked more important to you. 
The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401ks that are tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, either gold or silver. And here's the best part. It's tax sheltered. Let me repeat that. It's tax sheltered. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today. Take action. Citizens, anyone who thinks... They won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food and you do it right away. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now. While it's on sale, go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save... $200 per kit. Let me repeat that. $200 per kit savings. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories per day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay prior They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, That's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action.
China may be one step closer to attacking Taiwan, staging massive military exercises miles off the Taiwanese coast. Senior defense officials in Taipei say 12 Chinese warships surrounded the island, simulating a sea and air blockade for the second time in eight months. Taiwan's military says three days of war games reveal rapid progress by the Chinese Navy. What appear to be the first ever simulations of aircraft carrier strikes with a highly advanced J-15 fighter fleet China calls the Flying Shark. On the Taiwan Strait, China's Shandong aircraft carrier launched 80 fighter jet missions and 40 helicopter flights. The drills came with an ominous warning. China's military is ready to fight. The Taiwanese military issuing a strong condemnation, saying it does not seek to escalate, but is determined to safeguard its sovereignty. Is Beijing, in your view, threatening Taiwan with war? Yes, indeed. Taiwan's foreign minister, Joseph Wu, speaking exclusively to CNN, condemning China's military moves. Menacing imagery shows a barrage of ballistic missiles aimed at the island. China launched real missiles over Taiwan for the first time last year. Look at the military exercises and also their rhetoric. Uh, they seem to be uh, trying to get ready uh, to launch a war against Taiwan. China calls the drills a serious warning against the Taiwan separatist forces' collusion with external forces and a necessary move to defend national sovereignty and territorial integrity. China's exercises, like similar drills last August, followed high-profile meetings with U.S. House speakers, Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan, Kevin McCarthy in California, meetings the foreign minister calls crucial to counter decades of diplomatic isolation by Beijing. China cannot dictate how Taiwan make friends. And China cannot dictate how our friends want to show support to Taiwan. Support including nine rounds of weapons sales to the island under the Biden administration alone. U.S. intelligence believes the People's Liberation Army is acting on orders from President Xi Jinping himself. The PLA told to be ready by 2027 to take Taiwan by force. One U.S. general claiming it could happen even sooner, in 2025, two years from now. A war that could involve the U.S. and its allies, as this fragile island democracy fights to fend off a future Chinese attack. And next time, it may not be a drill. But there are concerns tonight that global democracies may not be united, particularly after these comments from the French President Emmanuel Macron. You know, on the heels of his state visit to Beijing, he almost was echoing the Chinese President Xi Jinping's talking points. He was cautioning Europe against being drawn into a Taiwan crisis, saying that Europe should resist pressure to be a follower of America. Well, here in Taipei, of course, lawmakers are asking, why would an advanced democratic country ignore the lives and potential deaths of people in other countries? Uh, they really say that those comments are puzzling, Erica. By the way, when CNN is on its game and not, you know, just going after Trump's derangement syndrome, they can really do it. That's a great package right there. Very succinct. Dr. Thayer, we've discussed uh, the our great allies in NATO, led by the French, telling us, hey, sorry, guys, you're on your own on this one. But your article in the Washington Times today kind of put some order into this. There's a very well thought through uh, plan that she is going through as far as these massive naval exercises. Can you walk us through it, sir? Sure. Uh, absolutely, Steve. Good to be with you uh, today. Um, China is planning to invade Taiwan. 
that's clear. And we expect that invasion to come before what Air Force General Mike Minahan identified as uh, coming in 2025. Uh, China has conducted a series of exercises uh, which are preparatory towards an invasion of Taiwan. The first was uh, conducted in August of uh, 22, just after Nancy Pelosi, uh, then uh, Speaker of the House, visited uh, Taiwan. That was uh, Operation Joint Fire Strike conducted. And that was an exercise really to decapitate Taiwan. That was to go after leadership targets, command and control targets, uh, which was extremely important. What we're witnessing now is the second, which is Operation um, essentially Anti-Air Raid and Joint Sword is a part of that, which is China's exercise to establish air superiority over Taiwan. And the third that we anticipate, uh, James Fennell, uh, uh, a retired Navy captain uh, who wrote the piece with me, and um, uh, as he, when he retired, of course, he was um, the uh, essentially uh, intelligence director for the uh, uh, Seventh Fleet, the Pacific Fleet. The third is going to be the joint, uh, essentially, um, uh, the uh, island landing, joint island landing campaign, uh, which is going to be the amphibious assault, exercising to conduct the amphibious assault uh, against Taiwan. And we would expect that by August uh, uh, 23. So we would expect that Xi has got the big pieces in place uh, for the invasion by uh, the autumn of uh, 23. And then it would be a question of when he's going to pull the trigger uh, to invade Taiwan. But the decapitation attack, air superiority, then the amphibious assault, They've conducted those exercises, so they're working out the bugs, right? Because military organizations are complex things. You just don't turn them on like a light switch. They have to exercise. They have to find out what faults they okay. have, what problems. Let me go through this. I got August 22 for the decapitation exercise. I've got uh, March, April for the air superiority. That's where I see all the invasion of the airspace, and you see they're, they're, they want this, uh, they want a no-fly zone up in the north. In August 23, you're saying they're going to do, you and Captain Fennell, they're going to do the amphibious landings or the, the joint island landings. They'll ha have all three pieces in place ready to go. A couple things. Captain Fennell is legendary because he just wasn't uh, head of intelligence for PACCOM and PAC Fleet uh, in Pearl. He actually thought that the, that the military and the administration prior to Trump was so asleep that he went and gave a speech at the Naval Academy and it was essentially forced out of the military because he said, hey, we're going to get to a shooting war and we are not ready and nobody's talking about it. And we're not getting ready. This guy is a national hero, one of the great patriots of our time and knows this stuff to the degree that nobody knows, even Dr. Thayer, myself and others. I mean, this piece is so informed. A couple of shocking things. Number one. The Air Force general was shocking enough, and he was saying, hey, we got to be ready. We go, we're going to be guns up, weapons free in 2025. You and Fennell have moved the time frame up two years. And what's most fascinating about your timeline, the election, the most important election in 2024, besides the presidential election, is going to take place in January. That's the next presidential election in Taiwan, where Terry Guo, the Foxcom who's a total asset of the Chinese Communist Party, has announced we defeated him. Miles Guo, myself, and others defeated him in the primary last time, where I think he finished third. 
but this guy's a total asset of the CCP. He's running to be president. They would rather take it by having the Kuomintang win in January and not have to do a kinetic invasion, because once the Kuomintang wins, you're going to have a fifth column in charge there. You agree with that there, that they, they would hold off the invasion if Terry Guo and the KMT won? I think that's right. Uh, Steve, absolutely. First, let me echo uh, and reinforce uh, your remarks about Jim Fennell. Jim Fennell is outstanding. He's a hero, a true American patriot who was calling attention to the China threat when no one else was. Very few people were identifying this, and he paid a tremendous cost uh, uh, for, for so doing. Your point about the KMT, I think that that's absolutely right. The CCP is signaling Taiwan that they're in the sights of the Chinese Communist Party. And so if the KMT wins and uh, they're able to bring Taiwan under the control of the Chinese Communist Party through nonviolent, non-kinetic means, well, that's clearly favorable. Uh, that's what they want. They want that to uh, happen without the risk of the United States intervening. Uh, uh, in it, or U.S. allies like Japan, Australia, uh, and others, uh, potentially. But they're moving ahead uh, as a very important signal to Taiwan that they're going to be conquered by China. And a key part of our piece was, we're just asleep at the switch. There's so much that we need to do. It's nice that Biden is in Ireland, but he should be in Taiwan today, not in Ireland. Uh, he should be ensuring mm -hmm. that Yes, Steve. No, no. When you bring up this, um, quite frankly, even to the planners, and your piece was very, very informed. But for me, even myself, who stays pretty up on these topics, I was shocked by seeing the third piece come in August of 2023. That they, because they've kind of moved, Minifield wasn't totally wrong. They, they have moved their planning up. Part of it, I think, is they see the alliance coming together, the problems in Ukraine. They see Brazil. You got, you've got Lula over there right now. They're at the flood tide. But do you and Fennell believe that operationally, that after this August or September this fall, that they will actually be ready for a kinetic strike into Taiwan where it would be very tough for the 7th Fleet, as it exists today, as it's armed today, with the personnel and the training, which I don't think some of the training is that great, is prepared to stop them. Two points, Steve. First, you want to keep in mind that events happen very quickly in international politics. July 26, 1941, the Roosevelt administration freezes all Japanese assets, uh, thus cutting Jap Japan off from bulk fuel oil and aviation gas as well as other petroleum products. So December 7th, they hit us, so about four months later. So we want to keep in mind that events can happen very quickly in international politics. Secondly, Xi Jinping is determined to do this. So keeping in mind events happen fast, he's driving it, uh, and that's really important. Related to that, we do not have the forces in place. Uh, the U.S. Navy is essentially balanced 50-50 between the Atlantic and the Pacific. That should be easily 75 in the Pacific versus 25 in the Atlantic. There's so much that we need to do, both in terms of sending military capabilities in the area, reinforced by key allies like Japan uh, and other states, as well as sending political messages, willpower. That is, we need to deter this war. This war is coming. 
we need to deter it. And that means having military capabilities, including nuclear capabilities, which are necessary here, uh, and political will to back up uh, the use of force or potential use of force. We need to deter this war, not have Taiwan fall. If Taiwan falls, we're in a very, very dark world, uh, as you've identified no, many times in terms of economic it, consequences. It, it, and it, it, consequences. It, was, it was announced today, I get it up on Getter, it was announced today, the Oracle of Omaha, this guy's one of the savviest investors of the world. He's been one of the big believers in tai, Taiwan Semiconductor. He wanted to have a big stake in something leading edge. He dumped all $4 billion he sold. Warren Buffett sold it, and he said the reason he sold it, the threat of war. When Warren Buffett, hey, when Warren Buffett's bailing out of a of a of a an asset that's been a great stock for him, it's time to really think. That's a smart guy. Hang over a second, uh, Doctor Thayer, uh, Rebecca Koffler, amazing piece in Fox today about uh, she and and artificial intelligence. Talk to us about uh, the piece. Talk to us about what America. You know that we are not prepared. Frank Gaffney said it best. It's one thing about Korea and Vietnam and Afghanistan, Iraq, when you can leave and say, hey, we just you know, got a patience. It's another thing to catastrophically lose a major great power conflict with 10 or 12,000 sailors going to the bottom of the Straits of Taiwan or the South China Sea. Psychologically, the United States may never recover from that. Talk to us about what she's got in store for us with artificial intelligence. Well, exactly, Steve. Just like Bradley Thayer said, we have been uh, sleeping at the switch. Uh, not just for years, but uh, for decades at this time. Uh, both uh, Xi Jinping and Putin are joining forces to uh, weaponize artificial intelligence uh, against the United States, whom they both view as their primary adversary and their primary target. Um, Xi Jinping uh, actually um, <clears throat> directed his government and his military um, to become the leader in artificial intelligence and um, surpass the United States in just a few years by 2030. Um, they adopted their national artificial intelligence strategy uh, back in 2017, um, almost a 16 months after uh, they had a wake up call. What happened was uh, Google enabled uh, AlphaGo uh, artificial intelligence capability defeated the world champion in Go, the Chinese ancient game. Um, this this North Korean uh, uh, champion, um, he was he was unbeatable until until then, and so this was just an, uh, a wake up call. Uh, to the Chinese, and they immediately decided that they are going to weaponize this capability. And they're talking about their doctrinal um, um, uh, specialists that have been uh, trying to work out a war fighting strategy to defeat the United States. The so-called, uh, uh, your listeners know about unrestricted warfare, right? So one of the tactics that they talk about is swarming. And artificial intelligence um, is an enabling technology, right? It simulates um, human cognitive process. It can make decisions. And so it, it, it is what effectively what Chinese are doing is they're using it in a destructive way. It becomes a force multiplier. 
if you enable your cyber attacks or your kinetic weapons with AI, the effect uh, can be as destructive as an effect produced by the nuclear weapons, only without the mushroom cloud. This is why the Chinese favor that type of technology. And so the swarming tactic, one of the ways that they uh, envision um, of defeating or even preventing the US from intervening in the conflict in Taiwan, because we are the only country that uh, uh, hopefully is capable of preventing that from happening. But what they want to do is flood the US airspace. Uh, with objects. If you think about the uh, the spy balloon, right, that um, traversed the entire the United States undetected, um, imagine 100 of such balloons enabled by AI, enabled with both kinetic and non-kinetic payloads, or even some of the uh, uh, payloads could be ChemBio, right? And uh, if NORAD, the North American Airspace Defense Command, had trouble detecting one balloon, right? Uh, because it flew at the altitude uh, on which we, we just don't have the capability we were looking at. Imagine a hundred of those balloons and um, we used $400,000 um, um, missile to strike that one balloon. So this is the type of uh, warfare that the Chinese want to what they talk about in unrestricted warfare is um, Americans using golden bullets to strike birds, right? And what yes. they want to do is deplete our weapons arsenal, even in the run-up to the conflict, so that yeah. they win without fighting. That's now, what now, they now, talk now, about. And, in and, the and you know, in the Ukraine, in the, in, in, the, in the security, in the secured briefings, you see that we're 13 years. I mean, we're run out of ammo. We're shoveling it all in. Yeah. He actually had the Secretary of Navy. He took it down, but he tweeted two months ago, hey, we got to slow down the Ukraine. We're not going to have anything for the South China Sea. Taiwan, they may take it down. Rebecca, we got to bounce. This article is amazing. How do people get to you and your writings? RebeccaCoffler.com is my website. I regularly uh, write my unclassified intelligence analysis on FoxNews.com, on NewYorkPost.com, uh, and I post it on my social media at RebeccaCoffler0132 on Getter, Twitter, and True Social. This piece is up on Fox News. It's absolutely incredible. Rebecca Koffler, DIA, a former DIA. Thank you very much for joining us, ma'am. Thank you for having me, Steve. Dr. Bradley Thayer, we're in it now, brother. You've warned about this for years. You've written books on this. You're a specialist in this. What we, we got about a minute, nine seconds. Left. What would you like to see out of the, Amer the Biden regime or in the House? You had McCarthy meet. But what actions would you like to see now to know that somebody's, somebody's awake and understands that she is rolling and he's rolling hard towards a kinetic war? Biden's got to give a major speech on Taiwan, and he's got to say that uh, Taiwan is in the national interest of the United States and will defend it in conjunction with our allies like Japan, who conveyed to us that if we stand uh, on Taiwan, the Japanese will join us, as well as other allies like the Australians. Uh, so that's very significant. We need to establish the political willpower. We're establishing an extended deterrent to Taiwan. Secondly, you've got to flow the weaponry into it, whether that's allied Japan, certainly troops have got to be uh, deployed, but U.S. military forces 
have got to be deployed in the area. Wow. Naval forces, Marines, Air Force, Army have got to be there today, not just in the hundreds that they've revealed uh, publicly uh, that are present on Taiwan, but orders of magnitude more. We've done this before. We know how to deter uh, an existential threat. We did it with the Soviet Union. We had the Central Front uh, on the inner German border during the Cold War, and we need to have a new Central Front uh, with Taiwan uh, today because we want to deter the conflict. We don't want to fight the conflict. Uh, if, but if it does we don't come, want it, we don't want to fight a kinetic war. We're going to have to win it. And we're going to have to win. Uh, uh, Bradley Thayer, how do people get to you? Uh, I'm at Bradley Thayer at Getter and Truth and uh, CenterForSecurityPolicy.org. Thanks, Steve. Thanks very much. Thanks, brother. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, we come back. We are scheduled to have Laura Logan is going to join us and give us her perspective on where actually we stand here in the United States with our sovereignty and throughout the world. Until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., this is Stephen K. Bannon. You've been in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. 
That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.